Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 23rd day of May, 2019. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and today we have a real treat for you. We have uh, Cynthia McJerkin and uh, Nicholas uh, Boyko and uh, Laura on here with us, and they're all from the uh, Pittsburgh uh, PA, or VA there. I keep, <laughs> I guess it is Pittsburgh PA, but... Um, anyway, we're going to try to get some information out for you, uh, trying to utilize this new claims process, and, and uh, so you're you're getting some real good, reliable information, and hopefully it'll be helpful to a lot of you veterans uh, working in the claims, you know, trying to work your claims through the system. How are you doing today, Cynthia? I'm doing well. Pleasure to be on your show to speak with everyone. Oh, it's a pleasure for us. It's our pleasure. Uh, on this new claims process, um, you know, it hasn't been in the works too long in this system, Uh but has it been in long enough that you can tell whether it's going to be beneficial or it's going to create a lot of roadblocks for veterans or uh, does it give them more options? Uh, uh, What's your take on this? Well, the new appeals process, the Appeals Modernization Act, um, rolled out recently, uh, and it's been working well. Some people have gotten decisions already under this new process, and the one thing it does for veterans is it gives them more choice as to how they want their claim to be decided. So the, in this process, the veteran takes an active role in making that decision. Okay, that would be beneficial uh, what type of uh, choices do they have, and and what's the advantage or disadvantage of of the, of the different choices? Okay, sure. So we have there's three different lanes that a veteran can choose for his appeal. The first one is a higher level review lane. In that lane, the claim is actually reviewed by a more experienced adjudicator. Also, one of the, if you want to say a disadvantage, is in this lane, the veteran cannot submit new evidence. The claim is going to be reviewed based upon the evidence that's in the file. Now, this would be beneficial for someone who knows the evidence is in their records, and it may have been overlooked by someone. 
so in this instance, they would want to choose this lane. Also, in this process, the veteran and or their representatives can ask for an informal telephone hearing. So there's still an opportunity for the veteran to voice their side of the claim and say why they feel that VA erred in the first place. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Now, that's some, that that makes uh, makes it nice when you can actually talk to someone in person and and get some, you know, what is actually transpiring at that moment. Right now, the the one thing with the telephone interview, because of scheduling, it may uh-huh. take a little bit longer just for us to get the veteran and their rep worked in and scheduled for a phone call, depending on how many interviews that particular person has. So that could or could not be a drawback. If the person has a light docket with not a lot of calls, it would go through smoothly. Now, the second lane, which um, is also new, is the supplemental claim lane. In this lane, the veteran or the representative must submit new and relevant evidence. If they have bring things to light that are held by federal agencies, we will assist them in obtaining those documents. Once okay. all the evidence is received, then the adjudicator is going to make a decision on that claim. The benefit to the supplemental claim is, you know, you go through your records, you find, oh, something is missing. I have these documents. I have this documentation from my doctor. Then you want to go this route because we will take the new evidence into consideration. And, again, in this process, VA will assist you in gathering these documents. Okay. And then the good. final, and I think is the the biggest, is now a veteran can appeal directly to the Board of Veteran Appeals. So they can bypass the regional offices all together and say they want BVA to decide their claims. Within that process, we have three sub-processes. They have a direct review where you know, as in the past, when we filled out the Form 9 and said, I have no other evidence to submit, I don't want hearing, uh, decide my claim, that's this process. Um, evidence submission, you can submit new evidence to BVA, and they will take that under consideration. Or you can show this to go the full hearing route, which would be either in person or video. And right now, a lot of the stations, our in-person hearings are extremely limited. So if someone wants a hearing with CBS, they uh, it would be recommended that they elect a video hearing because they would be able to get that sooner. Okay. Um, what if a veteran um, looks as... Looks at the claims folder and say, "Look, I 
had submitted evidence, and I'm not finding it in my claims folder. Now, they don't realize it's not there. And uh, for instance, if they're in the telephone review, or um, one of the major problems I've seen, and through other veterans, is that their claims file don't correspond with what they think they have in their claims file for whatever reason, whether, it, you know, uh, it just never got there. Now, if, and that's not discovered till later on, how would that apply to one of these uh, different options that they would have to them? Well, in that scenario, they would probably want to do the higher level review lane, and we could then go and look for what the evidence that they feel is missing, be it from a private provider, something from when they were in the military. And if they give us the name of their provider and the address and sign the lease form, we go out to those providers and obtain those records. Okay. Well, that's where a lot of times the provider may charge the veteran. It would not be a charge to the VA. Oh, okay. Suppose it was a independent medical opinion somehow gotten lost, then the uh, whoever uh, did that independent medical. Uh, evidence there or examination would have to provide a new copy or something, then they could charge uh, the veteran. Yes, if they did not have a copy of that exam, which most physicians do keep copies of the records, if they didn't, then the veteran would have to undergo a new exam. Or we would okay. order an examination from VA. Well, that would, you know, and that brings up another question. Uh, are you better off doing an examination, CMP examination, for instance, uh, using the VA or one of their independent operators? I noticed, uh, know that the VA sometimes uses independent operators to do their CMP examinations, and uh, is there advantage to using a VA, uh, a regular CMP examiner at the VA than you are with an independent examiner? There is no difference. Both the VA examiner and the independent contractor have the same documents that they have to work off of and answer questions. Generally, the, where the difference comes in is availability because our goal is to decide this claim as quickly as possible. So if the VA Medical Center has no opening, when we go to schedule an exam, our system will tell us that a contractor is available. 
and that's who the exam will get scheduled with. It has a lot to do with availability and also the ability to schedule and that type of examination. Oh, okay. Some facilities don't do certain types of exams. I mean, just like your, you know, your regular hospital or doctor's office, you might have to go to one doctor for a test or a specific office to get a test done. Yes, absolutely. You'd want to go to a specialist for whatever your ailment is. I mean, the best yeah. doctor you can get. Uh, but suppose you have a question or uh, you felt like the examination wasn't done properly or, you, you know, it may have been, but, you know, you as a veteran, uh, you might think, I just don't like the way this examination went. I'm not happy with it. Is there a way to get, an, uh, like, a second opinion? Well, at that point in time, the veteran does have the option to submit an examination from their own private physician, and we will take that evidence into consideration. Oh, okay. That's where you're, you're uh, actually your your outside uh, independent uh, medical opinion yes. would come in. Okay. Absolutely. And actually, that shouldn't be necessary until you've had a problem with the VA CMP examiner. Is that right? I mean, that's true. So the CMP examiner and if give us something that even we feel the question wasn't answered thoroughly, we'll send it back and ask for more information. Oh, Okay. Uh, so, in other words, when you get to the appeals process, uh, the veteran has three three different roads that they can take. Yes. And it's just to take the one that you feel would be m- most applicable to your claim, I would imagine. Because everybody's claims different, and everybody's got different evidence, or a different degree of evidence. Uh, the, the higher degree of evidence you have, uh, the more apt you are to be successful. I would imagine. You know, yeah. And also going back to the independent physician exam. You know, a lot of times, if you've been with a physician for years and they've seen your progression. You know, that physician is better equipped to provide a statement on your current disability. Whereas, you know, the TMP exam is a snapshot in time. So even it's good to have that medical evidence from a private physician, even if the veteran chooses not to have the exam done by that, because you want to get that full picture. Oh, yes, yes, that'd be critical. Uh, you know, I, I, I keep thinking, I've kept thinking this for years, 
is that, in my opinion, I think when a veteran files a claim, no matter what agency he works with, uh, whether it's BFW or Vietnam Veterans America or whoever, uh, when that claim is submitted to the regional office, why they don't assign like a counselor uh, to to the veteran to help him get through that stage? Because most of your claims, I've noticed from reading all that stuff on had it there, all that information, the claims usually get get gooped up or not properly filed in the beginning and they're missing a lot of data and what have you. I know the VA sends out a supplemental statement of case but wouldn't it be easier and save time in the long run, time and money in the long run for the VA to have a counselor call out and say hey Mr. or Mrs., you you need uh, to correct this, and we have a time period here that you can correct this so we can uh, get this claim uh, started off down the correct road, whichever way it needs to go. And wouldn't that save a lot of money? I mean, if we get a claim and we're unsure of what the person is actually asking for, we will uh-huh. send a letter out and say, take that claim as an attempt to file. But that's one of the reasons why we do encourage people to select a service organization to assist them with their claims. So that oh, well, everyone's yeah. several options. The service org can speak on their behalf. If I have a question, I can go directly to the service organization if I'm having trouble contacting the veteran. And oh. also, depending on what the person benefit the person is seeking, there could be something within the state or the county that's available. Say they want to increase incentives in their 10%. Well, we know that's uh-huh. possible. But say what they're really trying to do is get an increased benefit because they want free health care or they want some, something done to their home. The service officer can work with them and say, you know, the tentative is not going to be increased, but what you're looking at, these are additional programs that are available at the state and county level that you can take advantage of. Uh-huh. You know, so it's also, and every state has different rules. Every county has different services. So these are the people who are actually immersed in that and know all that information and can best help the veterans. Therefore, if you see a claim come in and that's so lacking in necessary data to even start the processing uh, of it, uh, you can pick up the phone, call, 
call the service organization there and maybe helping the veteran and say, you know, you got you got to straighten this claim out. It, it's not even uh, workable. So, I mean, we will start it, and then we have to tell, you know, we have to let the veteran know that the claim is missing something. Because if we don't tell them, they don't know. That's true. And then that's how the process gets going. Now, a lot of times what we do in our office, we'll follow that up and go to the service officer and say, what exactly are they claiming? That way it doesn't delay claims too long. Because, of course, you know, with correspondence going back and forth in the mail, that delays the claim. It sure does. Uh, yes, that makes I wished everybody done that. I wouldn't pick up the phone and say, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> and, uh, of course, you send out this uh, supplemental statement of case, which that's supposed to tell the veterans something they probably don't understand most times. Uh, depends on how complex it is. But uh, then the service officer is supposed to work with them and help help them get that claim put in proper perspective. Yes. And it just it it keeps things moving along smoothly. Because just like all governmental agencies, whether it's IRS or Social Security, the paperwork can get a little overwhelmed sometimes. And it's good to have someone who can explain it to you, who understands. Yes, I agree. The paperwork can be extremely overwhelming for veterans because many of them are sick and, you know, they don't want yeah. <laughs> They say, I don't understand this. And I know a lot of veterans don't even have computers, so they, they're not even able to look it up. Uh, they just have to rely on a service officer to, to help get them through it. And uh, somewhere down the line, a lot of times it's missing uh, because I think if a claim is not properly filed, that generates a lot of remands. And and these remands are killers because every time you remand the claim, you're you're losing the veteran. You're costing the veteran several years. Remands just don't happen real quick. You know, we we try to focus on our remands, especially for our more seasoned veterans. Uh, so they are a priority when it in the appellate process. You know, but we don't want things to be remanded. You know, people people deserve answers, be it yes or no. And they deserve that answer quickly. That's true, they do. And and the quicker they can get it, I would think uh cutting back, being able to cut back on the remands would save the courts and the whole the veteran, I mean the the BA community, and 
also the veteran could help them if we could cut these doggone remands back. Because you lose, you know, you can lose two or three years in remand. No, and that is true. And we are, as an agency, we are looking at remands and focusing on them and trying to make sure we get everything right the first time. Yes, that's good. Uh, so, hopefully this new appeals process where you can go three different directions will help with that remand uh, issue. Uh, that should cut down on the remands, I would think, if everything goes as smooth as it, you would hope. Yes, that is, that is our goal. You know, one thing that I want to mention also about the different lanes. Stay somewhere uh-huh. out in the first lane, the supplemental claim lane, and they don't like that decision, they can go to the next lane. They can go either to the higher level or choose to go to BBS. Oh, that's good. So you can switch if you start out the lower lane. Well, or once you however. start, what lane you're starting in, you stay in. Let's say you oh. don't like the decision from the supplemental claim lane. Yes. You can file an appeal under the higher level review. Oh, I see. Yes. So technically, you could go through all three lanes. What would, well, that'd still be faster than going the alternative, I would think. But it would still take time, you know, based upon the number of claims in each lane. So, you know, it would have to be realized that they're starting a new appeal at each different lane. But that is an option that we don't have that. We didn't have that before. So, again, something created to assist our veterans. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, I got my fingers crossed on this new process, which you're hoping, I know a bunch of us are watching it. Hopefully it'll it'll help with some of these issues that uh, they've been having with the claims process. And uh, I can see where it does have its its benefits. Now, I'm sure it's got some negatives in there. Uh, Where they're at so far, I don't know. But... uh, I know we have, like I said, we have several people looking at them. And we're watching them. Got our fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, you know, yes, I mean, this is a new process. So, of course, like any new process, you're going to have some hiccups. And you've got to work through the hiccups and figure out where you can make improvements in the process. You know, so I'm sure that we will continue to 
assess and reassess and see where we can make tweaks and improvements. Now, uh, the BA was going to hire more judges, um, and I think they did put some more on. I don't remember how many. Yes, Are they going to continue to try to update on personnel? I know there was um, significant hiring in judges and attorneys in CBA, but I'm not sure the exact number. Okay. Well, we need more p- personnel in there, obviously, uh, to help reduce this backlog. Has the backlog diminished any? I mean, worthwhile. The backlog is going down. Uh, We do have areas of emphasis depending upon, you know, where we're seeing a lot of veterans. So if we're seeing a lot of um, initial notices of disagreement, we're going to focus heavy on those to get people moving in the process. Oh, that's good. We can get that backlog to reversing. It so still has a long. Yeah, it, that'll be good because I think we're going to have a whole lot, a lot more new claims coming into the system. How many new claims are being filed a year? Do you, do you happen to have that number? I do not have that number available right now. But just what I see locally in Pittsburgh, there's no decline in the plan. Oh, they're still pretty coming in real steady then. They come in steady, yeah. I'd sure like to see it go the other way. Uh, But, uh, and I suspect they'll come in. keep coming in the way they're coming, but even increasing. Well, yes, as people get older, you know, we have things that that hurt us a little bit more than it did when we were in our 20s. Well, yes, as you get older, but uh, too, a lot of these ailments take years to manifest themselves. Even you know, if you're talking about exposure issues, it it sometimes it it's such a slow progress that uh, the veterans don't realize something's going on till it's too late, and that's why when they get older, you start seeing more of them filing claims, I guess. You know, yes, and then. You know, forums like this one, I think we're doing a better job now of educating people. Well, yes. I mean, when I uh, was discharged out of the service, uh, they didn't tell me nothing <laughs> except goodbye. Okay. Don't, don't come back. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, that... Uh, you're right. Uh, veterans today are much, much better uh, educated on 
especially the claims process. I I didn't know nothing about it when I I was discharged out of the service and didn't even think he could file a claim because I wasn't in a combat uh, zone, you know. So Okay. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of other veterans were the same way. They didn't know they could file a claim. Uh, but it's more today with the age of the computer and uh, the availability of uh, information, uh, it's it's much easier for someone uh, being discharged out of the service. And I think they're doing a better job of of uh, uh, informing them when they do get discharged that they have certain rights and that they didn't do before. So, but that's good. Yeah, I'm so, what year were you discharged? I was discharged in... 1966. Okay, so... They're, they're yeah. in Pittsburgh, uh, at Oakdale, Pennsylvania. Okay. So we, as an agency, uh, do a much better job today in making sure service members are brief. As oh, coming yes. Out of, out of the military. And right now, all officers have a very robust outreach program where we try and get out to where the veterans are to provide some information, you know, because everybody can't come to VA, you know, so we try to go out to them. I've talked to a lot of Gulf War veterans that uh, they said they went in at uh, like a week or so, uh, and uh, they informed them all they could do and the benefits available to them and a the whole, whole lot of things. That's in my land. They didn't give us any time. You know, yes, yes. we conduct what are called tap briefings. And uh-huh. we also have, Pittsburgh is over two sites, one in Germany and one in Korea. Uh-huh. And there they also have the benefits delivery at discharge where the service members can start their claims prior to being discharged from the military. So by the time they come out, they have a rating decision. Oh, that's uh, that's really good. And I think that's what it should be if they was injured in the service. And uh, instead of leaving it, everything on the back of the VA, the DOD should handle it while they're still in service before you know, discharge. The, uh, the BDD is, is worked in conjunction with DOD because they'll go into our site, they'll file a claim, we get their service treatment record, and we order examination. And then 125 days prior to discharge, that claim is coming to a regional office in order to start the rating process. So like I said, so by the time they get out, you know, shortly thereafter, because we need that discharge date, because we can't give them anything 
until we have the exact discharge date. Playing okay. in hand, checking the back. Yes, I can understand that. That makes sense. Uh, well, that's uh, that's really a good thing. At least they're, they're they're better now at discharging than they used to be. So, and uh, I I would imagine that helps cut down on the claims process also especially on the backlog, and that's critical, getting that backlog taken care of. Yeah. Uh, and Cheryl, I was, gonna, I was going to ask her, how big of an area does Pittsburgh cover? It's for a regional office. I mean, do they, do they, care, you know, do they cover most of Pennsylvania or, or like West Virginia too, or how, how does that work? Well, what's interesting is, all of VA has changed, not just our appeals process. So a claimant is handled wherever there is availability. So the claim, someone may reside in Pittsburgh. They file their mm-hmm. claim here locally. After nine so many days, their claim is ready to be processed. But I don't have any space. Mm-hmm. I'm still to the max for claims. That veteran's okay. claim or claimant's claim is going to go to the first office that can take care of them. Oh, okay. So we have a national so work pro- now, which I think it, it works well because now everyone has the same opportunity of getting their claim work, not just based upon a specific office's availability to be able to handle that claim. I can see that. It makes sense, too, because the playing field is now level with all regional office, so there's not one that's got, uh, you know, a tremendous backlog versus what, you know, what the other ones do have as far as, like, size. I mean, I know my first claim was decided in Huntington, West Virginia, and it was, you know, Huntington didn't have much going on at the time, you know, but it, it saved uh-huh. me a couple of years on my claim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, that's what I said, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it and makes sense. your case it, is ready sense. to go. You know, there's no sense in holding up a decision for you. Right. I mean, that's a, that's good. That's a that's a good quality assurance point right there. You know, that, that evens the workload. That's not bad. Not bad at all. So, as an agency, we are taking steps to mm-hmm. move the process along. So it moves a little faster, but also moves with quality. Well, I've been so doing this for I've been doing it for well over twenty years, and you guys are making major improvements. We really appreciate, it, especially the veterans that are in. You know, so that's. I mean, you could tell over the you know last couple of years. You know, the biggest question on on our hat side itself was why is it taking so long? You know, that was the biggest question. Regardless of what claim you had, everybody wanted to know why it was taking so long. Now that question is getting asked less and less and less, so you you can see the benefit of that. You know, I mean, it is a big benefit, and we're in an electronic age now. It's just like Mm -hmm. right now, Pittsburgh has no paper file. Everything for us is electronic. 
And right now, to decide a claim is taking a little over 100 days. And I don't think anyone ever thought they'd hear VA say that. <laughs> now, the form you know, of still part of the process? Yeah. Pardon me? Is the fully developed claim still part of the process, or have they changed any any of the structure of that type of claim? No, the fully developed claim, we stopped that maybe around 2016. Okay. But right now, I would say with our average at 100 days, mm-hmm. you know, we really, I don't know how beneficial the fully developed claim is. I know in our office right. we do have a process, you know, where we would expedite claims if, say, if someone is terminal. Right, right. Yeah, you know, then sure. we have an agreement with our service officers that they just come up, bring me the claim, and a lot of times they'll have evidence attached to that, you know, showing that the veteran is terminal, and we go ahead and rate mm-hmm. that claim within a couple of days. Right. That's true because a couple of years ago, my grandfather had a claim. He's a World War II vet, and uh, their regional office in Louisville, you know, he had an issue with his claim, and he was terminal at the time, and he went from his denial letter <clears throat> to a BBA here in less than two weeks. That That's was the fastest bad. I've ever seen him move. Yeah, and uh, so it all worked out, you know. But okay. unfortunately, he passed away two, two days after he won his claim. Oh, I'm sorry to hear so, that. At least, but at least he the wife's taken care of. But you know, yeah. You know, so there, there's a little, you know, a little bit of consolation there. So, you know, and I'm glad they did what they did. So, but uh, veterans appreciate you guys more than you think. Well, that's good to know because we we work very hard for our veterans. Yeah. You know, the majority of the officers, the employees, are veterans themselves. Yeah. No, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But, uh, how's the turnover rate rate at the at the regional office now? Is it is it improving? Like I know they used to have a pretty pretty fair amount of turnover. I mean, it it has improved. Um, mm. You know, we do have some issues. Again, as I said, mm-hmm. a lot of our employees are veterans, so sometimes right. when people start looking in other people's files. You know, things come up. Yep. Yep, I can see that too. You know, That's not so, good. <laughs> you know, you do have those instances, you know, where people find that that's not the position for them. You know, but uh-huh. at least here in, here in Pittsburgh, the um, job market is very good. And there's a lot of right. competition for jobs. So, a lot of people once they once they come in, they stay. Like I said, unless there's mm-hmm. some other, you know, underlying reason that's causing the problem. That's good. <clears throat> that's good. John, how many members does that have right now? Oh yeah. Well. If I'm thinking, Gerald, somewhere 
I'm gonna think twenty thousand, between twenty and twenty-two thousand, as far as that. I mean, it's it fluctuates a little bit, you know. But um, it had a growing spurt here the last couple of years, and it grew uh, pretty pretty immensely. And then she made some changes to the site that kind of you know confused some folks that slowed down a little bit. But I think she's getting back up to where she's can she start rolling in again. And we've had a lot of veterans, a lot of veterans come on ask for help, but but had it didn't really, you know, the members itself are not. Uh, you got a lot of members that hang around that register for the site, but had it has actually uh, last numbers I looked at as far as visits and page views and things like that. There's probably uh, over probably one or two million page views per year, so they get several several hundred thousand visitors. And it's you know you don't have to register for the site. People do use it for research, and if they need to know something, they'll you know or. That, that had easily helped someone. They can go through and just basically, it's more or less documentation research, you know, and it's it's pretty easy to navigate that way. So, <clears throat> not too bad for a disabled Navy vet and starting to side up out of her own 22 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, treats are dead good. Yeah, she's helped well. a lot of veterans. She has. I mean, well, I mean, if you surround yourself with core, good, you know, core people, and that's what she's done. She's got some core people who's been with her for years. And uh, unfortunately, like Cynthia said, we all do get old, and uh, getting old is uh, not fun, you know, because you know, hopefully, there's younger people that can take the reins after we, you know, after we're gone, or you know, we we do something else. So. But, uh, we try to provide the members and the listeners with the most up-to-date, accurate information we can. And that's why we uh, have people like Cynthia and uh, Glenn Johnson and other folks like that. But they have to come on a show and give us, a, you know, give, give us an actual rundown, you know. And we try to be as cordial as possible. We don't ask too many intrusive questions, you know. We just make it a, it's kind of, you know, informal, an informal thing. So we appreciate you coming on, Cynthia. We'd, Oh, it has been a pleasure. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things that I wanted to mention, if I can, before we get off the uh-huh. air, is the um, the Veteran Community Care VA Mission Act of 2018, mm-hmm. which allows veterans to go out into the community and get get um, healthcare. So there's new criteria that was enacted for that. Oh, that's the choice program. Yes. That's the mission. The VA mission. So there's some improvements to that program. It has an urgent care benefit with it now, um, which is good because most times we don't get sick till like 11 o'clock. And I can let everybody go. So having that part in there is definitely <laughs> At least that's my story anyway. I don't get sick at eleven minutes. I don't even you know, so just wanna let people know that that is out there. <laughs> and you know, to uh, take, that's a, good. take a look at that benefit. Do you yeah. have to be pre approved for urgent care? Let me see what this says. Um, it says it provides access to non-emergency care for certain conditions 
within the VA network of community providers. Hmm. So it doesn't say you have to be preempted without prior authorization from VA. However, there may be a co-payment depending on the veteran's priority group. Oh, okay. But at least so they're still they're still now that's the one thing that they're still working on. So they're still working out the details on the urgent care benefit. But I see that as um definitely a good benefit. It's a real good benefit. Yeah, so um you may wanna keep your eyes on that one as that develops. So your members are Drill, that will that'll benefit you, Drew. Yeah, I'm always falling around. <laughs> <laughs> Skinning myself up. <laughs> yeah, that'd come in handy for me. Actually, I, I heard Secretary Wilkie give a little bit of a breakdown today about it, and uh, he's just, uh, you know, he, he's pushing real, you know, he's pretty hard, and he's, uh, you know, he seems to be able to bring a lot of them together to get stuff done. So, you know, we just hope that uh, everybody gets along, and then, uh, you know, they bring the VA back into a little more focus and. You know, give give the VA stuff it asks for. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's not just uh, you know, it's not just politics. Basically, it is uh, you know, it's, it's helping the organization out when it needs it. So. Yes, and and getting that's, and getting the right benefit out to the right group mm-hmm. of people when they need it the most. Yeah, that's true. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Especially urgent care. I mean, there's a lot of you know. You got veterans have heart disease and things like that. You know, they're they're bad lung disease. Like some veterans I know, you know, they're frequent flyers. I mean, you know, they're, you know, they O two says drop down to sixty. It's time to go to the hospital. You know. So well, if you live five hundred miles from a VA, you can't go to the VA. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Me, I live seven miles. So I'm okay. <laughs> I think I'm over a hundred miles, so I go over to the hospital. Yep. Yeah, they hospitals hospitals are no fun. Yeah, they're dangerous. Great place to visit, but you don't want to live there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like being stationed in Hawaii. It's all beautiful the first couple of months, and after you drive around the island, you realize you're stuck on an island. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do you see the VA going, uh, Santa? Uh, uh, is it is it going to uh, keep? making improvements like it has? I mean, it seems like they're at least putting forth a sincere effort to me. And given enough time, we know that there's still a lot of issues that need to be addressed, and you can't do it all at once. But it, it appears someone does have a plan of action. I think right now with our current secretary and undersecretary, 
they're they're very forward thinking businessmen. So they brought their business expertise in the private sector to the government. So they focus a lot on customer service, um, computer improvement. Um, IT is a big thing in our agency right now. If we see severe lag time, we immediately start sending out trouble tickets to alert people that we're having trouble in the field. And that was just not a practice that we did years ago. It was kind of like the system is slow. We accepted it. You know, now it's not acceptable. And so they're really pushing technology and modernization and customer service. So I see us getting nothing but better. Uh, Has most of all the regional office been able to go uh, fully digital uh, where they can take care of these claims easier? Oh, yeah. There's there's very little paper in the field. And that is one of the things that has really helped us to start processing claims faster because you're not relying on a folder. I don't have to send a folder to the hospital and wait for it to come back for the veteran to have an exam. Now everything is in the system. We order the exam. The exam comes back. We check it in. We make a decision. Well, that's so good. That's our, a lot our modernization has really improved our process. Well, what did the VA do with all these truck drivers that moved these folders all over the country? Well, they were contractors. Um, so we have, we're saving a whole lot of money. I'd say, yes. Or things moved by postal service. You know, and there is, you know, just like anything, email it. A letter to you takes time. <laughs> yes. So sending folders back and forth again, that was that added time onto the process. You know, so now we've taken that time back. So the veteran doesn't see that anymore. And we're able to decide that claim a few days faster. Yeah, we we used to have a joke here. They put it on the pokey truck and nobody <laughs> knows where it was. You know, but I'm glad, you know, by, by the time, uh, you know, this new digital thing is the cat's meow, I think. You know, it is, and it's also being fiscally responsible to the taxpayers. Yes, it is. And you know. it's helping the taxpayer, it's helping the VA, it's helping the veteran. This is a win-win all around. Yes, it is. Now, there are some, uh, uh, like attorneys and what have you, have the ability to get into a claims folder and look at it in real time. Is that ever going to be uh, accessible to to the veteran? 
there, if the veteran has an e-benefits account, yes. they can go through that account and see different parts of the folder and different parts of the claims process. Okay. And that's very easy to set up. You can do that online. Um, if you have difficulties, you can go to any regional office, and we all have someone that is an expert in that area and can help the veteran get established. But it, oh. you know, That's but good. as far as full veteran access, you know, we have privacy concerns. Uh-huh. So the agency is working on that. So they'll have some access, but not say full access as um, an attorney would. Oh, okay. I see what you say. Yeah. Yeah, we're still uh, working on that as far as the privacy issue. Uh, hopefully they'll they'll get that to where a veteran can see more of their claims folder uh, or more data in it. Uh, and that might be helpful. Uh, cut back on a lot of uh, problems, I would think. They could see what's in there, and, and yeah, if something's missing, they can, you know, they can send an email or or whatever, uh, and help get it resolved. What happened to this or that or I sent this uh, 1936 document, but it's not in there. How come? Or uh, so that could so, be yeah, helpful. Yeah. yeah, right now they can't see anything but everything, but that is being discussed at the higher levels of the organization trying to figure uh-huh. out how to make this work. Well, I'd like to see them be able to open it up more. That would be nice. I realize there could be some classified stuff there they don't want the veteran to be able to see. But um, but still, uh, at least they're working on it. That's something. Yeah. You know, well, so we never good. know what we'll see in a few years from now. Oh, that's true. Boy, it's moving. It's moving quicker. I mean, the whole VA uh, uh, process seems to be, uh, it, it's going through a, a period of evolution there, evidently, it looks like to me. And let's hope it it comes out good. We're down to 42 seconds or less. So, Cynthia, I want to th- thank you and uh, Laura and Nick for coming on, and I hope you guys will bless us again with you coming on. And uh, it, it's been an informational show. You've given us out some good information. 
and we really appreciate it. And I know the well, head members you. will enjoy it. Uh, thank you for your help. Well, thank you. Uh, we appreciate the work you do, and and uh, you know I know a lot of times the VA gets bad and out, but a lot of it is uncalled for. Some of it's just in joking, <laughs> but uh, some some of it's not. Uh, we all know you got trial and error. If you don't make mistakes, you're not doing nothing. That's for sure. So let's hope it keeps benefiting veterans and we move on. And and we hope to get you back on real soon. I mean, you know, we'd like to see you come back on. Uh, this is good. Okay, and, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for having us. I always enjoy the opportunity to uh, educate our veterans, and hopefully well, through the education, the process will seem a, just a little bit easier for us. Well, let's hope. That's what that's what we strive for. Uh, and the more information we can put out that's good, solid information, the better the whole works, you know, the VA and the veterans can can benefit. So and that's what we're striving to do. So with that, uh, we hope to talk to you again. And uh, this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basser Show.